Welcome to False Flag Weekly News, the one-stop shop for all the important things that happened this week, and a couple of unimportant ones. I'm Kevin Barrett with Dr. J. Michael Springman, Jewish doctor that is, so don't ask him to look at your tonsils or jab you with any mRNA concoctions. Hey, how are you doing, Mike? I'm doing very well. I'm quite happy to be here once again, and uh, it's always fun uh, throwing rocks at the evil uh, sons of Iblis. Okay, we're going to definitely throw some rocks uh, at, at tanks uh, this week uh, and, and wave our Hamas flag. Actually, I don't have a Hamas flag, which is probably a good thing, because if I did, I would definitely wave it, and that could get me into serious trouble. All right, let's see what we have on the store for our show here. All right, let's jump into our slideshow. Where is our slideshow? Uh, somewhere in here. What's this? Um, that's... I have a new monitor, new equipment. Everything's a little different this week, but we will get it figured out somehow, somewhere, some way. I had, I had a laptop meltdown with the uh, the monitor, the built-in monitor of the laptop, but everything is fine because my external monitor does seem to work. All right, here's our slideshow for the week. Uh, Hamas is winning is the theme based on the Scott Ritter article. We'll talk about that very soon. I should tell you, by the way, that we don't our, our music video of the week is going to be saved for last. So if you don't want to sit through the whole hour uh, and you're watching this on a pre-record, you can just zoom, you know, cut through it, fast forward all the way to the end of the show and watch the music video of the week because I'm not going to play it now uh, for obvious reasons. So, all right, public service announcements this week. Raise money for us, the usual way, but I'm not going to harangue you about it because we did really well. Look at that. We got our money raised for this week, November 25th, and for next week, December 2nd, so I don't have to talk about it. Thank you to the people who saved me from groveling and begging. So, okay, here we are. Breaking news stories. What's the big breaking news story here, Mike? Well, uh, the pro-Palestine rallies are breaking out in places like uh, Turkey and uh, Yemen and where many other places as the truce breaks out in Gaza. So, Mike, is peace breaking out? That sounds like a a threat to uh, to Zionism and the military-industrial complex. Well, it would be if it were true, but I am of the negative opinion that you can have all the rallies you want, like we had for the destruction of Yugoslavia, for the destruction of Iraq, for the destruction of Libya, for the destruction of Syria, and for the attempts to destroy Iran. And as I told Al-Mayadeen uh, a few days ago, uh, I, I think once the, the uproar dies down, we'll go back to square one and uh, supporting the, the Zionist devils and the uh, their subhuman nature. Well, the Zionist devils say that they're going to continue committing genocide in Gaza as soon as this temporary pause of the genocide is over. So we'll see about that. Meanwhile, we have a, a video here and uh, this, hmm, what, what, what is this video? Okay, this is the uh, hostages release video from Al Jazeera. And it, I watched this live last night. So this is the Zionist hostages being freed by Hamas and crossing, uh, I think. And then there's the uh, Palestinian hostages being freed as well. So this is the, uh, the Al Jazeera video about that. And it's... I think it's always good news. I mean, I, I actually kind of feel for all these people as individual human beings, regardless of where they're from. Some of them were from Thailand and places like that. And, you know, and even the Zionist devils are probably not all devils. So I'm, I'm happy everybody gets to be free. 
And that's ultimately we want all of Palestine to be free from the river to the sea. Oops! Did I speak an anti-Semitic slogan? I'm so sorry. Yes, you did. <laughs> Arrest me then. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Of course, calling them Zionist devils is probably an insult to the devil who might sue you. Uh, so anyway, these images are, are, are nice. Like it's nice to be able to start out with as much time as possible with uh, my family, and then I would like to uh, enroll in university, maybe abroad, and I have many plans for the future. So this is the poster girl of the people that the Israelis have been keeping locked up. I think she was locked up for years, and it was a really moving scene when she got to see her family. All right, well, that's that's enough of that one. Uh, more breaking news. A thousand boats are gathering in Turkey to head for Gaza in a new freedom flotilla. This is following the Mavi Marmara incident of more than a decade ago. So, Mike, do you think that this time these thousand boats are going to get some humanitarian aid into Gaza? Or will the Zionists be genociding not only the people of Gaza, but also these boats when they show up? Well, the genocide devils of uh, the apartheid entity will undoubtedly attack any boats that manage to make it to anywhere near Israel. Uh, I see them doing what they've done in the past and very sneakily uh, and underhandedly uh, working to uh, do things to the engines, to the propellers, uh, to the hulls, so that they don't make it quite that far. And, uh, of course, uh, it's, it's all to the good uh, because uh, you don't have problems then with uh, the uh, arrest and false imprisonment of um, America's former ambassador to Iraq, Ed Peck, uh, along with a lot of other people. Uh, so I, I think that uh, the, uh, the Zio Beast will again do something to block this, and it remains to be seen what they will do. Well, a thousand boats are a lot of boats to block. So I'm going to be uh, praying that this flotilla gets through. And if the Turkish Navy decided to protect it, that would be even better. We'll see. Uh, here's one of the organizers of the protest, Volkan Oksu, excuse my bad Turkish pronunciation, who says that there'll be 4,500 people from 40 countries, including anti-Zionist Jews on the boats. And of course, uh, I actually interviewed Rabbi uh, Dovid Weiss, who mm. is an anti-Zionist Jew from Naturae Carta, uh, right after the Mavi Marmara incident. And he thanked Allah, or in his case, Yahweh, for not putting him on that boat because he later learned from Turkish sources that the Zionists had a kill list. And that's what they killed, like 10 people on those boats, uh, several of them as targeted assassinations, and that he was on the kill list. His predecessor at Naturae Karta had been assassinated by the Zionists. So these anti-Zionist Jews, you know, just because they're Jews, that doesn't stop the uh, Zionists from killing them. Uh, in any case, these people are all brave, whoever they are, Jews, non-Jews, whatever, Turks, and people from all over the world. And so there goes the flotilla heading for uh, the blockaded Gaza Strip, and who knows what's going to be what's going to be going on there when, when they arrive. So it adds an interesting element of drama. And, and a certain amount of hope and inspiration to these horrific events that are happening over there. And more inspiration, more hope. Hamas is winning. That was the headline from Scott Ritter. Uh, I thought this was a very good article. Uh, Hamas is winning the battle for Gaza. This is something that really gets lost in most of the alternative, so-called alternative media that they go along with this Israeli pretense that killing lots and lots of women and children is somehow a big victory for Zionism. Scott Ritter says, I don't think so. What do you think, Mike? 
Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's working so far for the Israelis. They've got the American and European media backing them to the hilt. Uh, they have uh, uh, people in, in uh, Casa, Maryland, who uh, support uh, illegal aliens. Uh, and they commented that uh, they supported the, um, the Hamas people who were being brutally uh, murdered by the Israelis in a form of genocide. And as a result, in, in heavily Jewish Montgomery County, uh, they simply yank their support and uh, they're scrabbling now to just keep operating uh, at the very minimum level. So it's, uh, it's, it's control of the Jews of Maryland's uh, Montgomery County, which neighbors D.C. Occupied which, Montgomery County. Exactly. Uh, and uh, Montgomery County and Prince George's County and Baltimore, all heavily Democratic, uh, keep uh, uh, the Democrats in power in, in Annapolis, the state capital. Okay, so they're, they haven't lost Montgomery County yet, but are they losing Gaza? Are they losing Palestine? That's the question that Scott Ritter raises in this article. And his answer is yes, they're losing. That every one of the military objectives that Hamas had laid out before they began their operation on October 7th is uh, coming to fruition. And the Zionists foolishly set uh, an unreachable objective which is Hamas's total defeat and the obliteration and elimination of Hamas. Well, Hamas is an idea. It's uh, armed Islamic resistance to Zionist genocide, and that's not going to go away no matter what they do. They can, And they probably can't even eliminate the current cadre of Hamas militarily. Uh, Hamas is doing very, very well militarily on the battlefield. So the Zionists have succeeded in flattening all kinds of housing and, and hospitals and so on, and killing lots of non-combatants, but they're getting their rear ends handed to them by the Hamas guys popping out of tunnels and destroying Israeli tanks to the point that they're running short on tanks and short on other equipment, which is one of the reasons they agreed to the ceasefire. So ultimately, this is all going to lead to the end of the Zionist entity, or at least it's heading in that direction, according to Scott Ritter. And I tend to agree, uh, as he points out, that you know, just by surviving, Hamas wins. When the Zionists said their objective is to eliminate it, well, they can't, and therefore Hamas wins. But it's uh, beyond that, that Hamas is actually prevailing on the battlefield. So the Israeli army retreated to safer points uh, before this ceasefire. And it the international pressure plus the not such great news for Israel on the battlefield might actually lead the ceasefire to get extended uh, even though the Zionists are currently saying, no, no, we're going to keep genocide in Gaza until there's not, nobody's left. Well, I don't know if they can get away with that. Well, they've got uh, millions of uh, Palestinians in their occupied country, uh, and they're all uh, hard as nails and tough as old boots. So they're going to have to kill every last one of them uh, before they can secure uh, Gaza or any other part of Palestine, including the West Bank. And that's, I, I don't think they'll be able to do that. And we'll talk about some of the reasons among them. There's a, a story later coming up uh, discussing the possibility of the Turks uh, having nuclear weapons, whether from Pakistan or elsewhere, that could be deployed uh, against Israel if necessary, if it comes to a sort of total you know, mass genocide of millions of people or, or attempt to expel people from Gaza. Uh, well, if you don't believe Scott Ritter, just look at the videos, uh, look, look, like hundreds of videos documenting Israeli tanks, uh, personnel characters, uh, carriers, other vehicles getting uh, destroyed, uh, uh, Hamas snipers uh, you know, taking out uh, IDF soldiers, 
uh, massive video evidence of the battle going well for the resistance. Boyd Barrett piece I mentioned earlier in which he points out that this war isn't going well for either Ukraine or for the Zionist entity. Uh, and he says that it's unlikely that the Zionists are going to be able to finish off the resistance anytime soon. Uh, there's a huge economic crisis looming in the Zionist entity that could threaten its long-term survival. And then, of course, of course he cites Douglas McGregor as pointing out that if the Zionists actually tried to clear out Gaza, uh, number one, the Egyptians won't accept that any more than the Jordanians are going to accept uh, clearing out the West Bank. The Jordanians have already sent their entire armed forces to that border to make sure that the Zionists don't try to send anybody out of the West Bank and that Turkey uh, would ha probably has a nuclear capability and announced that it could use to stop Israel from finishing the Nakba. So that's all kind of scary stuff. I don't know. What, what do you think? Is is Oliver Boyd Barrett and Douglas McGregor, are they on the uh, right track here? Well, yes and no. I mean, I'm surprised that with the Israeli control of the news media and electronic control of what's transmitted out of the occupied Palestine, uh, that these videos actually made it out into the real world. Uh, but with uh, threatening to nuke uh, Israel, which is a great idea, but you still have Palestinians there. And of course, the radiation and the, the radioactive dust clouds and things will flow all over the Middle East. Well, it's supposed to be, I think it's a deterrent. I mean, you're, they're, yeah. I don't think Turkey's actually planning to have to drop nuclear weapons, but just to prevent Israel from using its nuclear weapons to allow it to fully ethnically cleanse Palestine. No, that's, threats are good. Uh, carrying them out, though, is, is uh, another issue. That's true. And then, they, well, there's the regular army. See, if the Turkish regular army goes up against Israel, and then there's a nuclear standoff, so nukes don't can't come into play, then very likely uh, Turkey prevails. And the Zionists probably know this, so they probably are not going to try to completely uh, eliminate the Palestinian presence in historic Palestine, uh, but they would like to, and they are committing genocide, even if they're not succeeding in completing their genocide. Sam Husseini was on my radio show last night arguing that uh, we need to invoke the Genocide Convention. He cites Craig Murray, who wrote a really good piece about this. Uh, it, in, in his piece, he points out that there are 149 states that are party to the Genocide Convention, and that in the event that a state party uh, reports genocide to the United Nations and any other state party disputes it, the International Court of Justice then is required to adjudicate. So, this would be a way to up the ante and apply a very serious diplomatic pressure on the Zionists. 
Well, that's what I mentioned to uh, Almeidine. I, I said that, you know, you've got to uh, start acting toughly against the Israelis, going to the UN, demanding that they uh, uh, invoke the Genocide Convention. But far too many Arab states just simply sit on their hands, as do other states. Uh, they talk about how terrible it is. We want to break relations with the apartheid entity and so forth. Uh, but basically, they just sit back and watch. Yeah, so far, no, no, nobody has invoked this genocide convention, and any nation could. Uh, yeah. I've actually suggested to a couple of Iranian contacts that Iran might want to do this. Well, I, I had mentioned that also to a, an Iranian. The guy came to me and said, you know, can you comment on this? And I did. And I said, you know, start uh, with genocide. Start with uh, blocking uh, uh, American diplomats going to their countries, start with blocking American and European sales of, of goods to these countries, and uh, you basically get their attention. And I said, you know, invoke the oil weapon. Uh, say no more uh, gas and oil for Israel, and uh, no more gas and oil for America or Europe, or reductions in the amount that's actually sent there. Uh, but, you know, they, they've got to take some action sometime. Yeah, these countries need to stop uh, holding their heavy artillery back as a deterrent and use at least enough of it so that the deterrent part is effective. Uh, so the question then is also, well, why is the West so supportive of this genocide? And part of the reason that nobody will invoke the genocide convention and go up against the not only Israel, but the combined might of the West is that virtually the entire West is supporting this genocide, which puts its leaders and its media elites in danger of being uh, tried, convicted, and executed, which I advocated in this particular article that I published on my Substack for paid subscribers early this week, and it will be published uh, for everybody. The paywall will come down. It'll be available at the Crescent International and probably at the UNS Review in a couple of days. Well, that's good. I mean, it's, it's it, maybe we shouldn't say genocide. Maybe we should say, as you've suggested in the past, Holocaust Part Two. Yeah, actually, it was Maizun Rice who recommended calling it uh, uh, the Palestinian Holocaust. And she says, if they sue us for trademark infringement, that's just fine. Uh, <laughs> good Any publicity is good publicity for that, I guess. All right. Well, the Western militaries are supporting this genocide, too. Of course, uh, Britain's SAS, uh, special uh, whatever it's the acronym is. Service. There you go. Yeah, they're they're like the, uh, you know, the Navy SEALs and the other uh, yeah. Super soldiers, Delta Force, Delta Force, those those type of guys. They're the British version of that, and apparently they're involved in at the very least planning for going into Gaza. Possibly they've actually gone in. There've been unconfirmed reports that U.S. and or British special forces have been killed, and indeed there was a report that this supposed air crash that they used to excuse the deaths of some American soldiers may have actually never happened and that what really happened is they died in Gaza. In any case, we can't talk about this, least of all in the UK, where the DSMA's chief, which is this uh, military censorship board, has prevented people in the UK from even raising the subject. So much for the free speech in the West. Well, the British started this D-notice uh, program back in 1912, uh, when they were trying to control the uh, the Germans and what the Germans could convey to the British prior to uh, outbreak of the conflict two years later. So I, I think that the, the British who scream they are the mother of parliaments and the mother of freedom are some of the people who, uh, along with the Zionist devils uh, and the American government, do their damnedest 
to block information and people learning about what is really happening in the rest of the world. Yeah, the, the British uh, are no longer the you know land of the Magna Carta and the constitutional monarchy promoting human rights. They've become the leaders in uh, in censorship, and it's it's not a free country anymore. Even somebody as outspoken as May Soon Rice, when she comes on my show, uh, she she couldn't come right out and say I support Hamas be, because well, people are actually getting arrested in the UK for saying I support Hamas. And in fact, I published an article with that headline, which may or may not get me in trouble next time I have to go through Heathrow Airport. And we will see, uh, we'll report uh, on that if and when it happens uh, right here at False Flag Weekly News, if I can figure out how to broadcast live from the top of the Tower of London. Uh, all right, so here's the unvaccinated soldier problem. Okay, so, our, so the Western soldiers are supporting the Gap, uh, Gaza genocide but how many soldiers do we even have now? Uh, apparently, we lost a huge chunk of our armed forces because a bunch of people didn't want to get jabbed and they left. And so, so now the numbers are down from 485,000 in 2021 to 452,000 today. Here's the letter from the Department of the Army begging the Vax refuseniks to re-enlist, and we we promise we'll 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 change all your records and you know make it put, fix it all up for you. Please just come back. Uh, but I bet a lot of those people probably won't. Well, I tried to find and couldn't whether or not these people who objected to being vaxxed by that bioweapon, uh, whether they were given dishonorable discharges or general discharges, which is not good either. So uh, I think you're crazy to go back and, and, and join these, these psychos. Yeah, I mean, God knows what they're going to jab you with next. You know, Ooh. the next uh, uh, pandemic or whatever. Uh, the, you know, the pandemic could be worse, or maybe the vax could be worse. Uh, mm. In any case, once you're in the military, you've signed away your right to resist all sorts of terrible things. So I really would not recommend enlisting in the U.S. military right now because it's all controlled by the Zionists anyway. Uh, basically, you'd be fighting on behalf of the worst enemies of the United States, the worst enemies of everything the United States stands for. Uh, so that's the last military on Earth you should be signing up for. Uh, well, I, actually, the IDF is the last one. <laughs> the U.S. version of the IDF is the second to last. Okay, faces of U.S. Middle East policy. Uh, here's here's the smiling face of Obama's Middle East uh, advisor team. This guy, uh, uh, Seldowitz. Uh, is is caught on camera uh, saying a lot of extremely disgusting things to street vendors. He's been stalking and obscenely uh, harassing street vendors in New York, and he uh, finally got caught. And his response after you know talking about using the Quran for toilet paper and this sort of thing, and uh, uh, you know Muhammad did this and did that, is he said, I don't think I'm an Islamophobic guy. Okay. Uh, yeah, he, he, th he thinks he's perfect because all you guys basically, you know, think that uh, your stuff doesn't stink. Uh, <laughs> but guess what? It does. In fact, worse than anybody's. So uh, this, this story was, of course, you know, this, this kind of extreme Jewish Zionist behavior is very common. But at some point, it crosses the line when it's an Obama advisor. Caitlin Johnston wrote that he's the real face of U.S. empire. Uh, she claims that you know, Israel and the U.S. empire, it's the same thing. It's all really just the U.S. empire. Israel isn't the issue. And I answered her with my article, it's the Jewish supremacy, stupid, pointing out that, no, it's not that this guy is not so much the face of the U.S. empire per se. He's the face of the Jewish supremacists who have taken it over and run it into the ground. And uh, 
So I've, I've gotten mostly positive feedback on this. Uh, I haven't heard from the ADL yet. Well, it's the, you know, it's the great abominator. He's the guy that destroyed Libya. He's the guy that destroyed Syria. And he's the guy that's on Netflix when they're bored, uh, putting all these anti-German and uh, pro-Israeli uh, programs on their their streaming service and i'm ready to, to to turn that off i'm sick of it right so i'm kind of sick of people like caitlin johnstone following this chomsky line that you know the u.s empire is the ultimate evil per se and that it's just using israel as a landed aircraft carrier in the middle east to control the middle east uh you know i mean the only good as far as i'm saying the only good thing about israel is that it's bad for the u.s empire but it is bad for the U.S. empire. It's terrible for the U.S. empire. Oh. Every single advisor to Harry Truman begged him not to allow the creation of Israel, much less endorse it, because this was going to be terrible for the U.S. and for the world. And it has been. Everybody in that region has hated our guts to this extent that we've supported this genocidal Zionist entity down through the years. That makes yeah. it harder, not easier, to pursue imperial interests. I don't understand how people like Caitlin Johnstone don't understand that. Well, it's the reverse, really, that's true. It's, it's the Israelis who are manipulating the American empire. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. It's it's like the uh, the toxoplasmosis parasite that takes over the brain of the mouse and walks it straight into the jaws of the cat. That's what they're doing to the U.S. empire. And maybe that's a good thing. Uh, the U.S. empire is pretty nasty, even aside from what the Zionists do with it. Uh, so if, if you want to be um, appalled and amazed at what, an Obama advisor has to say to New York street vendors, you can watch these videos by way of the link. And of course, to find our false flag weekly news link, you just go to truthjihad.com and click on false flag weekly news. Well, speaking of faces of the U S empire and ex advisors to American presidents and advising them on middle East strategy. How about Jason Greenblatt? He had a meltdown and imagined that these United airlines uh, stewardesses uh, wearing scarves, were actually wearing kefayas and showing their support for Palestine. Uh, <laughs> are these people suffering from what Gilad Atzman calls pre-traumatic stress syndrome? Well, I tell you, I went to the internet and, and looked for United staff uniforms and sure God did not see anything look like any kind of scarf whatsoever. They, they were simply wearing uh, blazers or jackets and blouses or shirts with ties. I mean, so maybe he was hallucinating the whole thing. And, you know, I, I didn't pull up. There, there is a photo that he tweeted that shows these United Airlines scarves that, you know, sort of vaguely resemble kafayas. Um, mm -hmm. But I think he was so embarrassed, he, he quickly took back his tweet, but not before he made a complete ass of himself. And uh, so all these Zionists are out there making asses of themselves in public while most of the world is standing up for Palestine. So here's our World for Palestine section. Kyrie Irving, the basketball legend. Uh, is getting himself into even more trouble. He's been called on the carpet for supposed anti-Semitism for talking truth about things like the fact that Jewish people were overrepresented in the slave trade. I mean, that, that that's like saying that the Pope is Catholic pretty much, but it's anti-Semitic, so you can't say it. Uh, well, now he's wearing a kefaya and uh, getting a, a more of a hard time for it. Well, he's not the only guy who's ever worn a kefaya. Here's some, some other uh, famous kefaya wearers. And, and then there's uh, Kyrie with no more genocide on his basketball shoes. Now, I guess that's anti-Semitic to be against genocide, especially if you write it on your basketball shoes. Well, I mean, he, uh, the National Basketball Association, the, the Philadelphia, whatever the team is, is there, 
they were uh, support, expressing support for the Zionist entity and condemning the murders of the evil uh, Palestinians. So uh, I'm, I'm good to see. It's good to see this guy. Yeah, yeah. The 70s. I mean, that's because like half the NBA owners are Jews. Uh, you know, just like about half of maybe not quite half of the richest billionaires in America are Jews. And so, they, you know, they own about half the sports teams. And then some of them are complete genocidal Zionist maniacs like this guy in Philadelphia. So it's good to see some pushback from the players. But, you know, you also wonder, it's, it's not just the sports teams, it's the whole media and so much of the uh, political system, the financial system. And you can really see why there's been conflict between Jews and non-Jews in countries throughout history where this kind of power was brought to bear to sort of take over somebody else's country and run it for their own benefit. Uh, and there's pushing, you know, the, these guys like Kari Irving really should be seen as patriotic Americans for pushing back against this. And so should the Houthis. Uh, the, that is the Ansar Allah movement over in Yemen. Here was a good article in RT. You had to go to RT to actually get the background about why the uh, Ansar Allah uh, Yemeni armed forces seized this ship. Uh, that was owned by Rami Ungar, yet another Jewish Zionist billionaire where, who works very closely with the Israeli armed forces and intelligence. Uh, and it was a fantastic video. Did you see the video, Mike? I didn't watch the video. I, I just uh, read the, the outrageous background of this dirtball who is corrupt as all hell and works with the, the, the Mossad, the external Zionist intelligence. I think the uh, a lot of people are to be congratulated for uh, embarrassing uh, those uh, who mentioned that, that style themselves and uh, God's chosen people. Well, here they are taking over that uh, that Zionist billionaire's ship and then redirecting it into the nearest port in Yemen. And I understand that so there was some breaking news this morning that the, uh, somebody, maybe Ansarullah or who knows, uh, attacked another Zionist billionaire's ship in the Indian Ocean. So yeah, this is the video of the, the takeover of, uh, of that ship in the Red Sea. And uh, so the world for Palestine, the world's standing up for Palestine in a lot of ways, whether it's Kyrie Irving and his basketball shoes in Kafea, or whether it's the uh, Ansar Allah movement grabbing ships. Now it's time to move on to a very important part of our show, Anti-Semitism Watch. This is the part that's sponsored by the ADL, and we're still waiting for them to send us uh, a check out of their billion-dollar-a-year budget. But, you know, this this article, Mike, really surprised me. It's published in The Nation, which is generally not a very uh, frank and honest kind of publication uh, regarding these kinds of issues. But this particular article, Israel's War on American Student Activists, really went into some detail on the, the Zio beast and its infiltration of the United States. It was uh, really a, a very good article. So shout out to the nation for posting it. And of course, well, it's by, by James Bamford. It's not just New York City, but it's in, um, uh, in, uh, in, I'm sorry, in Boston, but in New York City, uh, we talked uh, earlier about uh, the, um, the issue of uh, they're doxing the students at uh, Columbia University. Uh, and there was another article that the Harvard Law Review refused to publish a article which they asked for from a Palestinian activist who was an attorney, a human rights attorney. And they checked it out. They, had, they researched it. And then they simply didn't publish it because it criticized Israel and, and talked about the horrors that were being inflicted on Palestine. 
Well, I thought it was interesting that Bamford, who's been connected with the National Security Agency and has written biographies of the National Security Agency, uh, went into uh, a bunch of detail about, well, not, not only this issue of, of Hatem Bazian, University of California professor, who I, I've actually met him at a conference in Paris. Uh, there's a whole story there I won't get into. But uh, anyway, uh, the Israeli intelligence people working with their American assets like the ADL do things like harassing professors like Hatem Bazian, you know, leafleting his car and stuff. Uh, he supports terror, compiling dossiers and such. Uh, and uh, it was interesting that James Benford, the National Security Agency vet, uh, talked to an FBI counterintelligence chief or a former one who told him that, uh, well, he expressed his frustration that the FBI is not allowed to do anything about the total Israeli takeover of the United States uh, because of political pressure. So this is the sort of thing you don't usually see in the nation. No, and in fact, Bamford's new book, Spy Fail, goes into great detail about the Israeli interference with American elections and putting their spies in high positions in the United States. Like Aaron Milchan, the the guy in Hollywood who was really an agent for the Israelis. I don't know how we're going to round all those people up. I think it's going to have to be done really fast. It's going to have to be a, a surprise attack. Well, here's uh, Ryan Jenkins, uh, progressive Democrat who's in trouble for talking about how the Jewish caucus, which of course is funded by these extremely uh, rich people who think that it's their country, not ours, uh, is he says they control everything. And so that I thought that was a good quote that needed to be included in our anti-Semitism watch. Well, I thought it was great. The guy has a backbone. He stood up against these people saying, you know, we're the Democratic Party, not the Zionist Party. Yeah, more and more of these uh, progressive Democrat types are showing that they have more to them than some of this, you know, the gender nonsense and uh, you know, some of the other goofy positions that they've taken. They're actually turning out to be a lot better on Zionism related issues than most of the conservative right that actually I thought was a little more on the money with the COVID issue, Trump derangement syndrome and things like that. So it just goes to show that uh, the, the two, what is it? The two cheeks on the great American behind as you always call it, Mike, yeah. uh, you know, have their own uh, ups and downs, mostly downs. They, uh, they're pretty bad all around. Well, here's, here's a story from our anti-Semitism watch section. Uh, the, this cafe owner in Israeli who moved to New York and started a cafe had a problem because he just started hanging Israeli flags all over his cafe once this genocide started. And his staff kind of pushed back a little bit because customers were getting really angry. And the staff, of course, was having to face the anger of the customers. And so basically this cafe owner, after you know he clashed with his staff, and uh, he was it looked like he was the one who was behaving unreasonably. They were just saying, well, you know, this puts us in a bad position and stuff. A couple of them wore little Palestinian flag pins and uh, next thing you know, this owner and his allies were accusing his staff and former staff of supporting Hamas and terrorism. So this is what happens when Israelis come in and start cafes in America. This is the cafe, Cafe Aron in New York. And lots and lots of Zionist genocide supporters have been going there and buying coffee to show their support for genocide. So uh, here's their slogan, wake up and smell the genocide. <laughs> understand that the uh, Zionist coffee company associated with this cafe is going to trademark that slogan. And we're going to talk about some more trademarks in a little bit. So here's the uh, cafe or own listing at Google. 
It's uh, we offer organic, ethically sourced beans that come flavored with the blood of Palestinian children. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no wonder all those rich Jewish Zionists are flocking to that cafe and uh, trying to spend money there to support it. Um, speaking well, is that of like a direct outcome of the soup Nazi from Seinfeld, <laughs> probably so, probably so. <laughs> so you know, they're not going to buy my support for Israel with a few cups of coffee. In fact, if that guy gave me a card for free coffee for 10 years, I still uh, would uh, vomit in his face pretty mm. much. Uh, but $100 million? Well, that, that could buy influence from almost anybody. And that's what the, we have $200 million stories or 100 million shekel stories. It's actually dollars, which are better than shekels. First, uh, we have this APAC plan to spend $100 million to unseat the last couple of critics of Israel in Congress. So uh, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, naturally uh, isn't too crazy about that. And she points out that uh, the, basically they're saying no dissent whatsoever is allowed. Everybody in U.S. Congress has to sign the loyalty pledge that Cynthia McKinney talked about. Uh, loyalty to Israel, not the United States. And if you don't sign that pledge, uh, you're out. We're going to kick you out of Congress. And Thomas Massey is one of these you know, targets. And he recently ran a poll. You know, should Congress send $14 billion of U.S. taxpayers' money to Israel? Uh, or is the $3.8 billion we send annually enough? Or should we stop sending them anything? Because we're broke. And uh, more than 80% of the respondents said, stop sending anything. We're broke. So whether they're going to get him kicked out of Congress just because he doesn't do what the Zionist billionaires tell him to do, I don't know. So what do you think, Mike? Will $100 million be enough to reverse the American people's uh, wishes on this? Yeah, well, you've got Jamie Raskin, a, a Democrat from Maryland, from Monkey County, uh, where there are too many uh, smirking chimps who ought to have their bananas taken away in the government. Uh, he had on his website in Congress uh, that uh, he supported the... Uh, the Israelis, he opposed the, the uh, gods and murderers and said it was an, uh, they've killed as, uh, more Jews than in the Holocaust and they're, they're horrible and they, they need to stop this. And it's, it's up on his website in Congress. And, you know, he, he is one of their men in there, as well with Chuck Schumer and the rest of the scum. Well, that's right. And there's, again, only a handful of dissidents like AOC and Thomas Massey. And so will $100 million be enough to erase those last couple of dissidents from Congress? Who knows? Well, here's our other $100 million story. Uh, I just wrote a piece for American Free Press, which is now published there uh, on $100 million uh, for a propaganda blitz designed to demonize Hamas in the eyes of the American people. Well, they, they already have like half of the key decision makers in the American media are Jewish. They're almost all pro-Israel to one extent or another. All Some of the younger ones these days, maybe not quite so much. And God bless them. But uh, let's face it, they've already demonized Hamas quite a bit. Uh, and now $100 million more dollars, 50, 50 million from these three guys, uh, Barry Sternlicht, who's the ringleader, and then David Zaslov, Ari Emanuel, and uh, a few others are planning to get, they're going to raise 50 million of their own money, and then they're going to get another 50 million from some Zionist charity, presumably the ADL, and then they're going to blitz the American people with anti-Hamas propaganda. Hmm, that sounds like a plan. So, so, Mike, after this is over, do you think the American people are going to be swayed? Are they going to change their views from 
admitting that Hamas is a group of absolute heroes who are standing up against genocide. One of the, the greatest uh, military exploits in history was the October 7th operation, and they're kicking the Zionist butts uh, to this day. Uh, and the American people, of course, are cheering for Hamas like crazy. But after $100 million, maybe they won't be. What do you think? Well, I don't hear many cheers here in Washington, D.C., the state of confusion. Uh, the Washington <laughs> Post, or maybe the Compost, since it's good only for fertilizer, uh, keeps uh, parading articles about uh, uh, the evil people who dare to criticize Israel, uh, like the, the guy from uh, Casa, Maryland, or the... Uh, the woman who was taken off the uh, Maryland Human Rights Commission uh, by their attorney general because she criticized Israel and promoted Palestine. I, I, I don't see it happening. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I, I, I'm not sure that they really need to spend $100 million to turn Americans against Hamas. I was being uh, somewhat sarcastic. But, you know, they've, they've got more money than they know what to do with, I guess. Maybe they shouldn't, but they do. Okay, moving on to the trademark infringement section of our show. Uh, no, we're not talking about infringing on the trademark of False Flag Weekly News. What we're talking about is infringing on the trademark of From the River to the Sea, Palestine Will Be Free. So uh, two separate Jewish, wealthy Jewish clothing manufacturers, that is sweatshop owners, I imagine, <laughs> are trying to buy the rights to this slogan. This sounds like it belongs in the onion, but it's a real <laughs> news story. It's true. I mean, talk about chutzpah. You know, you just, there's like one story after another that you just can't believe. Did this guy, you know, did this Obama advisor really say these things to the food vendors? Did, are these guys really going to try to buy the rights to From the River to the Sea, Palestine Will Be Free, so they can sue anybody who uses it? I mean, it, you know, these people are walking, talking, anti-Semitic caricatures. Oh, exactly. And the uh, the alternative to this, of course, is to put pressure on the Commerce Department's uh, trademark office to just toss this. Or in the alternative, you can sue them and have so many people sue them that they will lose their fortunes and uh, their underwear, uh, dirty as it is, uh, trying to protect themselves. I don't want their underwear. The poorhouse if it's done right. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's all unbelievable. I, I I really doubt that this is going to work. Like, I really cannot imagine a scenario in which they've succeeded in trademarking this slogan. So the next time a bunch of college students are out demonstrating, chanting, Palestine will be free from the river to the sea, that these guys are going to like roll up in one of those trucks with a neon flashing the anti-Semitic leaders on campus signs. And they're going to say, you're all, you're all under arrest. You all have to pay us uh, 30 shekels every time you chant that slogan. I mean, <laughs> I, I just don't see it happening. But, you know, a lot of these Zionist plans don't look to me like they're going to come to fruition anytime right. soon. Well, let's well, do our hate crime section. Yeah, well, these are all uh, common things that have been used for years. So I can't see them anywhere getting near any kind of trademark for that. That's is that right. your professional opinion as an attorney? Yes, it is. Okay, sounds good. Well, I'll keep chanting the slogan then and let them sue me. All right, moving on to the hate crime section of our show. Uh, <laughs> again, we're, you know, we, we have an anti-Semitism watch section. We have a hate crime section. We're, we're, we're good people here. We're, we're on the side of the angels of light and we oppose hate speech. And especially when it's by the stormtroopers kicking in your door 
because they don't like you supporting Palestine on social media. Well, that's what's happening in Germany. I mean, all these guys need is a little swastika and they would be caricatures of, you know, the, the World War II bad guys. But it's it's yeah. true, like, like 17 people who are getting their doors kicked in because they support Palestine on social media. All I can say is I'm glad in, I'm in Morocco and not Germany. <laughs> well, the, uh, the, the Jews in Germany are 0.1% of the population, yet they have such power that they force that scumbag Olaf Scholz, the uh, the chancellor, the prime minister, to go to Israel and, and, and lick certain portions of uh, the prime minister's anatomy. And that seems to be what's going on here, pretty much. Uh, well, moving from Germany to Maryland, how about the hate crime commission in Maryland uh, suspending a member of this sort of anti-hate crime group because she put up some po social media posts so what did she post exactly that got her fired? Well, uh, she included images of Palestinian victims. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's terrible. Uh, she claimed Israel was com committing war crimes. So that's that's like saying the Pope is Catholic. Uh, she pointed out that Israel was indiscriminately attacking civilians, which is, of course, inarguable. And uh, she called for a ceasefire and the immediate return of the hostages. And she said, this isn't war. This is genocide. So for... All of, all of these criminal statements, <laughs> she was fired. I mean, you can't really make this up. So if that if they fired her for those things, what are they going to do for, to me for putting out an article headlined, I support Hamas? Yeah. Well, I think the United States ought to borrow an Indian uh, operation called President's Rule. You simply dissolve the local state government and rule directly from the capital. Uh, and put the uh, the incompetence and uh, racist in jail and uh, take them out of power. That sounds good to me. Uh, how about this uh, hate crime? I mean, you know, this is a real hate crime. Posting, you know, support for genocide victims and, and calling for ceasefires, those aren't exactly hate crimes in my view. But murdering journalists, that's a hate crime. You don't like their reporting, so you just murder them? Well, that's what Israel does consistently. They've, been, they've killed, I don't know, how many dozens of journalists so far? Like 30 or 40, I think. The latest was the... 60. Really? It's up to 50? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Beyond so, that. Yeah, the, the big ones this week was the whole, you know, the, the Lebanese Al-Mayadeen crew, uh, Farah Omar and Rabi Metmari, uh, Allah al-Hamhuma, Huma, and uh, they were deliberately murdered. They just... They, Zionists don't like their reporting, so they kill them. Um, you, you really can't exaggerate, you know, what you know, evil caricatures of, of villains. I mean, these Zionists are. Well, the thing that was that they both in the pictures I saw at Al Mayadeen were wearing flak jackets and helmets that in English said press and in Arabic said uh, journalist. Uh, but they, obviously, the, the Zionists can't read any language other than the Zebru. Well, they attacked the USS Liberty, even though it was flying this gigantic American yeah. flag. And they later claimed that, oh, it was a terrible mistake. We thought it was an Egyptian horse transport boat. So they, they just lie through their teeth, uh, as they always do. Well, here's our uh, poster girl for genocide, Ayelet Shaked. She was the justice minister in Israel, and she's still uh, high-ranking Likudnik, uh, close to Netanyahu. She's famous for saying that Israel needs to murder not only Palestinian children, whom she called little snakes, but also the mothers who bear these children, these little snakes. So she's advocating the wanton murders of Palestinian 
mothers and children, which of course is what Israel is doing now. And she's very happy about that. But she basically wants to murder them all and make the rest leave, get rid of all Palestinians. And of course, that's what we were talking about earlier that could bring a nuclear confrontation with the likes of Turkey or a, a quasi nuclear confrontation with the likes of Iran and even uh, other countries might come into it eventually, uh, Russia being one of the obvious ones. So uh, this, Ayala uh, Chuckhead, she's, you know, she, she has this kind of like these almost movie star looks. And then she says these incredibly repulsive things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think when Israel folds up its tent and moves to the autonomous Jewish oblast on the Russian-Chinese border near Siberia, and she needs another job, she should go into prostitution and she can specialize in like genocide prostitution. There are these, you know, these women who dress up in Nazi uniforms to service rich Jews who seem to enjoy that. Well, she could do the same thing apparently, you know, with the other side. Uh, I, I, you know, it's, this situation is so, so repulsive. I don't know if I should even be joking about it, but uh, somehow I, I don't think that she's going to succeed in eliminating the Palestinians. Oh, no, it's not. But the uh, the Israeli army and the Israelis fill these T-shirts of a uh, uh, telescopic sight aimed on the belly of a pregnant woman and saying two with one shot. Yeah. And, and she's like openly, you know, all for that. This is the kind of people that Hamas is fighting and resisting genocide uh, by such people. Okay, we just we'll get off the Palestine story finally. Um, JFK assassination 60th anniversary happened this week, and our first item was uh, a minor breakthrough. Sam Husseini, who has had a pretty legendary career in Washington, D.C., uh, he's worked with various uh, lobby groups, and he's a journalist who's well known for asking the hard questions. I had him on my radio show last night talking about this new piece in which he says, wait a minute. I never even heard about this Israel killed JFK theory until a couple of years ago. And now that I've looked into it, it looks quite plausible and well supported by evidence. Um, so he's a brave man to go there as he, he's gone there with COVID issues as well. Yeah. Uh, so a shout out to Sam Husseini. I had a really nice conversation with him on my show last night. I met him once or twice and talked to him on the phone. He's an excellent journalist and the State Department doesn't talk to him. <laughs> no, they, they try to avoid him, but somehow he shows up and asks questions anyway. Uh, well, this is a very different type of article by Michael Hoffman, this long, rambling, uh, almost a book-length piece on the JFK assassination, covering a whole lot of the evidence showing that something really weird and fishy went on there, and then getting into some interesting Freemasonic speculation. But I, I think the Freemasonic angle here is like, I think a lot of Freemasonry is just a lot of uh, mumbo-jumbo that the people who created Freemasonry because they want to rebuild Solomon's temple, hint, hint, you know who those people would be, uh, they're using this mumbo jumbo to bamboozle the Goyim. And so I think that this article, this short piece by Sam Husseini about Israel killing JFK is actually a little bit more concise and on target than this long rambling uh, stuff about yeah. Freemasonry that Michael Hoffman gives us. But still, Hoffman's article is still interesting and he's a very much somebody that we should be reading. Did, did, did you manage to get through this article, Mike? Uh, I read it and I didn't think it, it made quite the uh, the impact that uh, Sam Husseini's piece did. Yeah, it, it yeah. I mean, if Sam's is concise, uh, uh, Michael's is, yeah. You, you, but you, you know, it's full of really interesting information. 
So especially people who didn't know some of those things might find it interesting. And also, again, I think it underlines the connection between Freemasonry and Zionism. The yeah. Israelis, were behind, I think, were behind killing JFK, but they mobilized their Freemasonic assets to do that. You know, ultimately, I think Freemasonry was basically created by uh, a powerful secret society of Jewish leaders to bamboozle and disempower the Christians and Christianity. And it certainly has succeeded. Uh, well, here's RFK Jr.'s take on the 60th anniversary of the JFK assassination. He makes some really good statements here, like he would return the military to its function of defending the homeland. He would end the reckless, belligerent policies of provocation of China and Russia. How about Iran? <laughs> and uh, he would close our foreign military bases. All right, that sounds good. But at the same time, he's saying these things. He's not facing the fact that Israel killed his father and uncle and is committing genocide right now. Exactly. That's what I kept thinking as I was reading all the way through the piece. Yeah, yeah. So is he in denial? Is he suffering from Stockholm Syndrome? Is he being coy and, uh, you know, wise as serpents and gentle as doves as he tries to get into the White House so then he could do something <laughs> about it? I don't know. Um, moving on to the Ziopopulists section. Here's Ziopopulist of the Week, Javier Millet. Uh, with his unkempt hair and his thick sideburns, he's been seen raising the Israeli regime flag on several occasions during his election campaign, including in the past few weeks during the genocide of Gaza. So this weirdo in Argentina, he's, he claims he's like an Ayn Rand-style ultra-libertarian and fanatical Zionist who runs around waving the Israeli flag instead of the Argentine flag, just what the Argentines need is this guy. Uh, and now he's promising to convert to Judaism. And all I can say is, well, are, are you going to have Ben Shapiro circumcise you on live television? That would get ratings, wouldn't it? I mean, I just can't figure that out at all. <laughs> Why does Argentina want to want a president like that? I mean, the, the, the press here in Washington kept talking about uh, how he was a right-wing populist, but never drew the uh, anybody's attention to the Judaism uh, comments that he's made repeatedly. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, this right-wing populism, it's its fake populism, right? It's uh, yeah. you know, the Ziopopulist or the fake populist. You yeah. find somebody who's trying to be a, play the role of a populist and you find out that they're pro-Israel, you know that it's fake. Uh, take Donald yeah. Trump, yeah. please. <laughs> All right, we made it to the end of the show. And it's time for the Escape from Wisconsin stories. Well, this week we had two bizarre stories here in Wisconsin. We had the, fir the first story was that in Janesville, Wisconsin, a suspicious item was found at Goodwill. It turned out to be a live cluster bomblet with primed ammunition. So some kind person donated that to Goodwill, and fortunately it didn't go off. They called in the bomb squad. Here's the bomb squad. And uh, the residents are asked that if you want to dispose of old military ordinances, if you have any like used nuclear weapons that haven't been uh, disabled yet, please call us. Uh, don't just give it to Goodwill. And, so then the other story was the uh, the deer breaking through the window of the Wisconsin restaurant. And I think these two stories are connected. I'm a conspiracy theorist, and so I have to connect the dots. And so I think what happened, Mike, was that there was a deer hunter who was using the cluster bomblet. He was planning to blow up the deer into deer burger and, serve, and have deer burger for dinner. And he was chasing the deer with his bomblet down the street. The deer escaped by jumping through the window of the restaurant. And the guy got uh, gave up and he donated his cluster bomblet to Goodwill. 
So that's that's what I think happened in Wisconsin. And I'm sure there are other conspiracy theories that could explain it even better. But here we are at the end of the show. So let's uh, do our music video of the week. The, uh, the deer plunging through the window of the uh, Wisconsin restaurant here. What happened to our, our uh, video here? Come on. There's the deer. There's the restaurant. Here we go. Oh, Oh dear, what can the matter be, dear, dear, what can the matter be, oh dear, what can the matter be, Johnny's Okay, that's the, uh, oh dear, the end of False Flag Weekly News has arrived, but we will return next week, God willing, to bring you uh, more incredibly important information that you need to understand your world. So thank you, Mike Springman. See you next I time. I enjoyed it. It was great. I, I love to throw rocks at the evil sons of Ashitan. Okay. We'll be back to throw more rocks next week. Uh, inshallah. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye.